Peter, a podcast listener from Hong Kong, writes and asks this. Dear Pastor John, thank you for the Ask Pastor John podcast. Your thoughtful answers provide a great help to me. My brother, who is a non-believer, says we Christians change the Old Testament commands to suit our needs. For example, he reiterates that God forbids Israelites to eat pork while Jesus allows Christians to eat pork. Can you offer some pointers on perhaps how we can explain why it is okay for Christians to now eat pork while God forbid it from the Israelites? And how do I explain this change with the Old Testament commands more generally to my non-Christian brother? It sounds to me like Peter's brother, who's not a believer, hasn't had any serious Christian teaching about the basic flow of redemptive history. In other words, how does the Bible work? What is God up to in creation, fall, prophecy, fulfillment, redemption, more promise, consummation? In other words, God, God, there's a history that's flowing from creation to consummation, and there are phases in the history that are designed and built in. So it's not arbitrary when uh, we Christians view certain aspects of the Old Testament as not binding anymore because those aspects themselves gave evidence that they were pointing to something that would one day abrogate themselves. So if if the brother of Peter uh, says um, that we are just making it up as we go along, it might be good for Peter to offer to do a Bible study with him. I don't know, maybe he's done that already, but a, a Bible study or a, a read a book together, uh, if he's a, a very thoughtful person, you might take up Tom Schreiner's biblical theology, like the, the King in His Beauty, which is a big, weighty sweep of, of the whole Bible that would help answer some of the things. And if, he's, if he doesn't want to tackle something that heavy, there are, there are simpler books that give the, the sweep of the whole Bible. Or, less intimidating perhaps, would be simply take a cluster of passages of Scripture, and I'll give some here, and study them with him so that he can see, oh, you Christians— you aren't bringing this to the Bible. This is coming out of the Bible. So here's the fundamental thing that needs to be grasped. When Jesus Christ came into the world, he was the fulfillment of the entire Old Testament. The Old Testament had looked forward and pointed to the coming Messiah who would bring his kingdom, his new kingly rule, and when he did, they knew things would change. There was a new covenant promised where things would be written on the heart, and the old covenant would pass away, and that was already there in the prophetic writings of the Old Testament. And now Jesus, that Messiah, has come, and everything has changed, and he himself gave the pointers to how they changed. So the key statement that he made is in Matthew 5, 17, do not think I have come to abolish the law or the prophets. I have not come to abolish them, but to fulfill them. In other words, all the precious history 
and uh, forms and structures uh, and offices in the Old Testament aren't merely thrown away. They are consummated. They are filled up in Jesus. And then you start getting examples. So here's some examples. Jesus said, destroy this temple, and in three days I will raise it up. And he meant his body. And John talks about Jesus as the place where we will worship. So Jesus is the new temple. He's the new uh, place where people meet God. Or 1 Corinthians 5, 7, Christ our Passover lamb has been sacrificed. So now he's the he's the Passovers for this, so that whole celebration and all the sacrifices go with him. Um, Hebrews 5.1, for every high priest chosen among men is appointed to act on behalf of men in relation to God to offer gifts and sacrifices, but we have a great high priest. So Jesus is now the high priest and uh, he takes the place of the entire priesthood of the Old Testament. Galatians 3.24, the law was our guardian until the Messiah came, until Christ came, in order that we might be justified by faith. So it sounds like Peter's brother is not aware of the built-in progress of redemptive history from promise to fulfillment, uh, with Christ himself being the main fulfillment. But then there's this as well, and this helps to explain some things. The new people that Jesus is gathering uh, as his church, this people is no longer defined by political and ethnic unity, but rather as a people from all nations, all ethnicities, scattered among all political states and not identified with any one of them, Uh, and unified in their connection with Jesus. Therefore, the laws which dealt with Israel as a state are no longer applied that way since the people of God are no longer a political entity. They aren't a state, but are aliens and sojourners and exiles on the earth. So, for example, the church excommunicates people at the very point where in the Old Testament they would have been executed like for adultery. And so you can see already profound changes have happened in the kinds of structures and the kinds of guidelines for behavior. Uh, Now that means, for example, and this is the one that that Peter asked about, the food laws, that the food laws which uh, were created to set Israel off from the nations and symbolize her purity for God are no longer used that way. And we see Jesus undoing that in Mark 7, 18. Do you not see that whatever goes into a person from outside cannot defile him since it enters not his heart but is his stomach and is expelled? And then Mark adds, Thus he declared all foods clean. And then he continues. And he said, what comes out of a person is what defiles him. So the reason, here's what Peter can say to his brother. The reason we eat catfish and pork is because Mark, the inspired spokesman, interpreting Jesus' words in Mark 7.19, said, Thus he declared all foods clean. 
meaning those laws which once defined Israel as a people of of ethnic, uh, religious, and political distinction from the world don't function that way anymore. So Jesus brought uh, a new covenant into being, which was already promised there in Jeremiah 31, and Hebrews, which is, is a key book on this topic, said, in speaking of a new covenant, he makes the first one obsolete. And what is becoming obsolete and growing old is ready to vanish away. And Paul put it like this in Romans 7, my brothers, you have died to the law through the body of Christ so that you may belong to another to him who has been, has been raised from the dead in order that we might bear fruit for God. So we do bear fruit for God, but we don't key off of the law. We key off of Jesus. Verse 6, but now we are released from the law, having died to that which held us captive so that we serve in the new way of the Spirit and not the old written code. So the, the most basic thing for Peter's brother to see, I think, is that Christ has come and died and risen, and now we belong to him, not to the law as a way of salvation. He is our righteousness before God. He dictates in his person, in his example, uh, in his word, what our lives should look like in this world. Wonderful. This food question is really a sweet invitation to talk about Jesus Christ. Thank you, Pastor John. And thank you, Peter, for the question. Peter, arise and eat. If you want to send in a question to us, and uh, really, if you want to find anything related to this podcast, go to our landing page at desiringgod.org forward slash John. We're going to break for the weekend and return on Monday. I'm your host, Tony Ranke. Thanks for listening to the Ask Pastor John podcast.